0: how are we? A few people are nodding, and that's uh, that's very, let me kind of look over you, because I was standing near the front with my wife, Judy. Say hello. And, uh, oh, I remember you, I think, maybe. You look familiar, but yeah, so good, good. Well, my name is uh, Tim Ryan, as mentioned, my wife, Judy. And, uh, I'm a half-time or part-time uh, school bus driver in Winnipeg. We live in Sage Creek, so I drive for DSFM. And uh, I'm also a half-time uh, pastor in Rosenort uh, for a small church uh, like this, about 50, 60 people. And uh, so they're covering themselves this morning, and, uh, so, which allowed us to be here. So we're very glad to be here, very glad to be here. So... So, my topic this morning is, uh, where is spring? So, please turn in your Bibles. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, how many of you are wondering, where is spring? Oh, man, we need that. So, but it's coming. I uh, have often said uh, that uh, God promised four seasons after the flood. He promised four seasons. And I'm holding him to it. Like, I really, Manitoba is, is what, what we need here. So... It's good. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I was officiating a funeral a number of years ago, and we did what was called an, an open mic. And I don't like open mics. And the family said we had done the funeral and they were going to do the the burial later and they all wanted to do the reception. They wanted to have an open mic. And I'm going, I don't think you want to do an open mic because a number of things could happen. Somebody could get up there that actually can't speak at all and just not be very good and go on and on. And somebody will get up there and just kind of spill their, their grief all over the mic and all over us. And... Uh, some people will just kind of stand there and stammer and all that kind of stuff. And maybe somebody will share an inappropriate story. And we don't want that to happen. While well, we really want it. I said, okay, so I'm, I'm going to chair this then and, and help control it a little bit. So, I, we came to this part, and uh, so I went up and I said, okay, so we're going we're gonna to have an open mic, and I said, there's, there's a couple of things I just want to encourage. Number one, I'm a really nice person. So, we're going to invite you to come up, but if you're going on a little too long, I'm going to be standing right here, and I'll just tap you on the shoulder. Just remember, I'm a really nice person. And uh, if you go on and on, I'll tap you. If you're starting to tell an inappropriate story, I will tap you in the shoulder and just ask you to sit down. Is that good? Yeah, yeah. So there were a couple of people that came up, and they always look at me for some reason. As I'm just standing here, I'm just looking at you. This one gentleman comes up. I think he was a simple man. I've seen him around. I don't know who he is. I think he's since passed away. But he came up, and he had a reputation of just going to lots of funerals. Everybody knew him. And he walked up to the stage, and I could tell everybody's looking at me. Okay, pastor, what are you going to do with this one? He walked up, he looked at me, and he went to the mic, and he looked at me, and then he looked at the mic, and he looked at me one more time, and he looked at the mic. then he looked out to everybody and he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. He looked at me, he looked at the mic, and then he went and sat down. I've never forgotten that. What an incredible lesson that that family and the guests needed to hear this that afternoon. Incredible. I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads. Close your eyes. Just relax for a little bit. Where have you been this week? What's gone on in your life? Where's God in all of this? Just take a breath. A deep breath in through the mouth and out through the ears. Don't worry, I'm not doing anything weird here. Take another breath. Just drop your shoulders, because they're probably held up high. Drop your shoulders and relax. Because Jesus really loves you. As you look at your hands in front of you, maybe open, maybe folded, what are you worried about, what are you afraid of, what are you concerned about, what problem or what grief is on your mind, in your heart? Put those in your hands. Jesus really loves you. Lord Jesus, we give you those things that we've placed in our hands. We give you the the stuff of our hearts and our minds. Our worries, our concerns, our fears. And we give them to you. Love you, Jesus. So, Heavenly Father, come and spread your wings over us as we shelter under you. In Jesus' name, we declare this a good place, a safe place. And, Holy Spirit, would you come and just gently, oh, so gently, Encourage us and fill us. In Jesus' name, and because of you, Jesus, we say thank you and amen. God really wants to be with us. More than we can ever know. It started in the Garden of Eden. Presence right with Adam and Eve. And then they went through a number of years and then fast forward and the Israelites are moving out of Egypt, into the promised land, and that took a number of years. And what did, what did God do? He showed up in a makeshift tabernacle. A rough thing, actually, if you think about it. Because he wanted to be right with them. Yeah, there was a pillar of cloud and there was a fire up top, but he indwelled in in the tabernacle right there amongst them and then fast forward they they're in their own land now and and God instructs Solomon not David Solomon to build a great temple and what does he do he he fills that temple again so he's right there right there among his people. But, but this time, instead of just traveling with him, he's trying to proclaim his name in this great temple. And people would come all over, including the Queen of Sheba and others would come to hear about God, meet Solomon, but to hear about God. But then God went silent for 400 years because of continued disobedience and disregard for God and all the prophets talk about that. So he went silent for 400 years. Yeah, there may have been little stories and little acts that he did for individual people. But then God showed up one more time as Emmanuel Jesus. Matthew 23, where it says, Joseph called him Jesus, Yahweh saves, but God called him Emmanuel, God with us. Oh man, we could go into that whole thing, but that's Christmas. But Emmanuel, he's still with us. And that's what he promised, I'm going to be with you, Jesus Loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells all the stories. And I know those stories personally. Do you? Who are you? We, especially as men, we walk up to each other, and say, so what do you do? Well, I'm a contractor. That's one of the first things you told me. I'm a bus driver. I'm a part-time pastor. I'm, uh, yeah, I used to play soccer. I used to be a soccer player. Can't keep up with the ball anymore. Well, I used to, I used to be a hockey goalie many, many years ago. I was a real sieve. It was terrible. <laughs> We identify by things we do, but who are you? Who are you as a church? See, something happened at Pentecost. The releasing of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to get into that. I think you've had a number of messages in the past on that. I'm not going to get into that. God is with his people in the beginning of Genesis, his presence. And then he was with his people in the tabernacle. And then he's with his people in the temple. And then he came in the form of Jesus. And then Jesus sent the Holy Spirit for what? In your Bibles, or follow along on the PowerPoint there, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to take us through a bunch of different verses. And I want, this is, this is the point I want us to grab. This has been something that's just been resonating in my heart. Verse 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? All of you together. Now, one of the things we need to realize, when we're reading the Scriptures, most of the time it is not individual. When he's writing to Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians, he's writing to groups of people. So don't individualize it. He's saying to us, plural, Don't you realize that all of you together, he says, all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. And then he gives a warning. Verse 17, God will destroy anyone who destroys his temple. We need to be careful how we treat our temple, our church, any church, any church, how we speak of any church. Don't you realize that together you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Flipping over a couple of pages, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this is where he gets Individual. He's talking about sexual immorality. So he's talking to individuals. And verse 19, Don't you realize that your body, individual, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So he's he's saying that as together we're a body. We're a temple. But then he says, also realize that you yourself are a temple, and the Holy Spirit lives in you. In you, whether we feel it or not, whether we're grumpy or not, whether we're tired or not. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And we go to Second Corinthians. Chapter six, verse sixteen. Oh, he's talking about idols and harmony, and I, because of time, I'm just going to take these verses. But just trust me, I'm not taking the uh, taking it way out of context here. Verse sixteen. And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple. We, we, we are the temple of the living God, as God said. Back in the Old Testament, he says now, and not yet, I will live in them and walk among them. That's what, that's what God did with the tabernacle. He walked everywhere they went, they took the tabernacle with them. I will live in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. My people. They're my people. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're not strangers and foreigners to God anymore. You are citizens along with God's holy people, the Jewish community. You're pulled in together. You are members of God's family. Together we are His house built on the foundations of uh, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Look at this. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the. Lo- are, are you sensing a theme here? It's not just once or twice, the Apostle Paul is really, giving a clear truth who are we who are we monday morning tuesday morning wednesday night who are we for we are carefully joined together in him becoming the holy temple for the lord through him you gentiles are also being made part of his dwelling where God lives by his spirit. This dwelling where God lives by his spirit. First Peter chapter two verse four and five. Now you need to understand that First Peter is writing, Peter, Peter, is writing to several different churches in the Asia, Asia Minor. They don't think he's actually been there. But he knew a bunch of people, so he is writing this letter to a bunch of different churches that they would just share among them. So again, it's a plural you. It's a plural you. You, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. What's more, you are holy priests. Oh, I jumped ahead here. Cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. For you are living stones. We are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. So what does that mean for us? The Apostle Paul is, is, is teaching and trying to drive home one of many points. But the point is, God wants to be with us. And he is in us. He's not in a temple. He's not in a tabernacle. And he's not in a garden. Though we'll get there. Heaven. So a tabernacle, and a temple, and a temple, and a temple. That gives me confidence that when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel very good. Or those lies that we hear all the time about who we aren't, or who we used to be. Or the lies that come along to put us down. And we get those weird thoughts going, yeah, you're right, I can't do that. Or, yeah, I'm not that good. Or, I'm not enough. Or, I'm just not that. And, and the Apostle Paul is trying to remind us, those are lies. You are a temple. And the Holy Spirit, God himself, lives inside of you. So you are of worth and value and special to him. Now, don't let that go to your head. Let that live in our hearts. Because it's one thing for us to be a temple. But here's the second part. Think about it. In one, in, in one sense, God was in the tabernacle and he was There and Moses went to the tabernacle, and people all stood and watched as he went, and God was there. And in the temple, God was there. But think about it. If I'm a temple and you're a temple, then wherever I go, God is there. I have the opportunity to go with God to wherever I am. So I'm working for first student and I'm among lots of bus drivers that have colorful language and lots of experiences. And I can be a light and people get to see God. I don't have to witness. I don't have to have the pressure of trying to Get everybody. Some of them know I'm a pastor. Some of them don't. I don't put a sign on my forehead saying I'm a pastor. But the amount of conversations I've had with people where they just kind of I'm going, that's incredible. That's just because I'm a temple and the Holy Spirit lives in me. You can be that too. I don't have to say anything necessarily. It also means that wherever we go, we need to kind of look up. This is my pet peeve. I did a whole message on this a number of weeks ago on cell phones. Put them away. Wednesday, uh, was it Wednesday I went to the hospital, health science? Wednesday, Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday. I went to health sciences to visit a, a man who had surgery from uh, Rosenort Church. You see people walking around with phones. I don't do that. I was walking around and I'm always looking. Maybe I'll see somebody. And sure enough, we're all wearing masks, so it's hard to recognize, but I'm pretty good at recognizing people. And there's this woman coming along. I go, hi, Grace. She looks at me. I pull my mask. Oh, Tim, how are you? Well, not really good. I so said, what's going on? And she proceeded. I haven't seen her in four years. I knew her from cell phone. She has cancer now. So I was able to just encourage her because I had my head up, my eyes forward, and not in the phone. And I was able to encourage her. I get to visit Joel and... Uh, we're talking, and, and I'm you know, okay, I need to go, and I'm going to pray with you. And then there's a lady next door in the same room. I didn't know they had men and women together in the same room, but they did there. Anyways, this woman was, oh, can, can you pray for me? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll come over. Let me finish praying with this gentleman here, and I'll come right over. So I prayed with Joe, and then I walked over, and there was an aboriginal woman sitting there. And uh, she said, oh, I... I have a surgery and it's just not going well. I said, Well, let me pray for you. Got her name and prayed with her. Afterwards, grabbed her hand with both my hands and just held on. I said, Jesus really loves you. Because I was alert, I was looking. Oh, man, can you have fun being a little temple running around your little world? It's incredible. I could tell you lots of stories of just having your head up and going, oh, the conversations, the conversations. Jesus loves you. This I know for the Bible tells us so. And because of that, he comes to live inside of you, singular, and you, plural. Application. What do we do with this? Sit quietly sometime today and each morning, this next week. I'm not going to say for the next year, that's impossible. But the next week, sit down. Each morning, even if you just have to grab your Bible and hug it for a little bit, and just remind yourself, just me, I'm loved by God. Just me, I'm his little temple. Read Ephesians chapter 2, 19 and 20. Every day this week, You are citizens along with all of God's holy people and members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. We are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And then pray for your church. Pray for your church. Let's bow in prayer. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for being with us here this morning. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for encouraging. We love you, Jesus. Help us to follow you, walk with you, love you, and serve you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Thanks, Tim. I don't know if you got any of that from John Eldridge.